son. I'm such a horrible son. Don't call her all week. And I'm just like, eh, well, I, just, I guess I just won't call her this week. Hey, you're growing, man. Because I remember the days when you had you had to call your parents religiously. And I'm talking about well into your adulthood. Like, you're just like, guys, hold on a second. Just like, um, dude, we're in the middle of a movie. Yeah, I got to call my parents. <laughs> I don't mean to make fun of you. I mean, no, it's no, a very, no. it's a very it's, sweet thing. But like, Saudi parents, like, I, I don't know if all. I'm not saying all Saudi parents, Saudi parents are like this, but my parents are very like. Uh, uh, they raised me very strict. Mm-hmm. They were just very. When they came to America, they were afraid because the whole, like, the whole, fucking, you know, they came to America. They came to New York, like upwards from the 70s when you know uh times square was still like cd yeah <laughs> it was sin city you know in color um it sure was <laughs> so yeah i remember when i went with my dad uh, he took me on a it was weird i went on a tour through times square and i'm talking like when i was like seven years old through times square um and then down to williamsburg and it was like Williamsburg is not the, uh, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, the cafe latte capital of Brooklyn, you know, an artisan cheese, yeah, an artisan cheeses. <laughs> it was fucking, you know, it was uh, struggling, you know, um, Latino families mm-hmm. and black families trying to make a living in like, you know, before it was gentrified, it was like crime ridden, you know, mm. and Times Square was just full of seedy porno theaters and just you know if you stopped if you stopped on the street for more than five seconds you would catch a venereal disease it was that kind of place you could you you literally couldn't point your eyes anywhere without seeing tna it was i think it might have had an effect on us i mean when i think about some of our conversations but um (laughs) Ugh. It was just one of those, um, one of those things, and um, it, it's been quote unquote cleaned up. But these kids today um, will never know the flavor of that area. I remember um, there was a super famous arcade uh, in oh, Times Square, oh, world renowned. If you're if you're of a certain age, I say I would say if you're over, if you're like thirty around thirty five ish. You might have been to this place. Um, it was this arcade smack dab in the middle of Times Square. And whatever game was out and was a hit at that time, they had it. And not only did they have it, if it was a really popular game, they had the deluxe cabinet. Um, super loud, super crowded, every kind of game. Certain games you didn't see anywhere else. And it just it had this atmosphere because while people were playing games, there were other goings on happening uh in the background people selling things people buying things yeah a lot of a lot of people doing blow like, yeah the, like the fucking yeah yeah it was yeah, i remember it was a heck of an atmosphere oh <laughs> i remember yeah <laughs> but there there will there's just nothing like it even if for 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 you young folk listening to this podcast don't know why i went into that accent but for you young people listening if you go to like Barcade now, I'm, I'm sure it has its own atmosphere. I've, we've been there several times as well. But that's like for more for adults, and that's that was what I, for like that's for teenagers who were really like, 
oh, this is how we get into the Foot Clan. You exactly. know, <laughs> this is how we steal these yards. But that <laughs> Jesus. But like Barcade, there is no Barcade that has the that has the atmosphere of this genuine arcade from back in the '90s, early '90s slash late '80s. Um, because first of all, it was all ages that came into this place, but it didn't mean that it was a child-friendly atmosphere no, for some reason. By, it's like, but no, by no, by no means was it child-friendly. You could just tell that it was just like, oh, you don't want to be left here alone. But no, you know, no, no, it was it was a rite of passage. Yeah, yeah, which made us the men we are today. <laughs> <laughs> All right, my name is Pablo Morales Martinez. I'm Ernesto Mancibo. And together we are Robots, Robots versus Taxes <laughs> on Radio <laughs> Free Brooklyn. <laughs> oh, man. Like I was telling you, I, I feel like before we started recording, I was telling you, like, it's been kind of like a wave of, a tidal wave of news. Mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. And it's just, I feel like both of us have been left trying to like scratching our heads trying to make sense of it all because mm -hmm. so far it's like as of this as of the 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 recording of this broad this broadcast slash podcast uh trump is backing out of the paris climate accords mm -hmm. um uh gianforte the govern the, the guy running for the the congressman's seat in montana Body slammed a reporter and won. Yeah. Oh. Um, and then Trump was like, excellent win, you know? Sure. Um, and what else? What else? What else? Oh, uh, yes. Um, two heroes died, mm. uh, gave their lives, and um, in Portland, Oregon, trying to, uh, uh, you know, basically. Defending two teenage yeah, girls. Yeah, defending two teen teenage who, girls. One wearing a hijab. Yeah. Um, I'd feel like I'd like to just touch on that first because... Um, Let's do that. Let's yeah, go into that first. Okay. Yeah. These two, uh, these two brave men um, saw something wrong going on and stepped up and spoke against this, this man who was harassing two teenage girls. And um, they ended up, uh, the two men who, who stepped up ended up losing their lives. Uh, this man uh, killed them both. And there was a third man who was also a hero who stepped up and was, um, and was injured uh, quite badly, but he uh, ended up surviving. Um, and, of course, as the details uh, came out, uh, the man uh, who did the killing um, is, a, is a noted... He's a right wing, like he, hate monger. He's, he's, he's a, a neo-Nazi. He's a neo-Nazi, white supremacist, you know, all of that stuff um, on record as saying the most atrocious things. Let's not say this piece of shit's name. Yeah, def I definitely won't. Definitely won't. But, but the but. heroes, their names are Ricky John Best and um, I'm going to butcher his name. Talaysen Murden. Ah, okay. Um... And there was a, a th I'm sorry, there was a third, um, there was a third person who survived the attack, mm -hmm. who was also defending uh, the two women, mm -hmm. and um, and he survived the attack. But uh, you know, we wish him a speedy recovery. I can't remember his name right off the top of my head. 
but uh, just I'll because probably, yeah, yeah, just because there's so much news flying us at us from every different direction. Yeah. But like, oh, I think we'll. I'll try to add that in later. Yeah, yeah. absolutely, absolutely. Um, but uh, the funny, not the funny thing. The the thing is, uh, when the the attacker uh, was arraigned in court either yesterday or the day before. Um, he was still running off at the mouth, saying the most atrocious things, which, which I'm not going to um, repeat. Um, I'm not going to quote him, but it was essentially the long, along the lines of him painting himself as a true American or a patriot and standing up for his freedom of speech. Yeah, that was the big thing. The yeah. free speech was the thing that he that mm-hmm. was was pressed over and over again. Absolutely. And the other big thing was that he... Um, wish wish death upon America's enemies um, and it's not lost on many people that his rhetoric sounds exactly like the rhetoric of um, extremists that America has uh, you know made the new boogeyman um, whether you think of al-Qaeda or ISIS or any other group uh, that's been plastered all over the news he sounds exactly like them um, and it's it's amazing to me that he can't see that parallel. Um, maybe he does, and he doesn't care. I don't know. It maybe, maybe white privilege, maybe white privilege has that much of a distorting effect on one's uh, psyche. Who knows? I think it's. I think it's a little bit more than just white. I, I think it's. It is kind of white privilege, but at the same time, it's like, it's the fact that, um, you know, the fact that these people people like that the this this murderer right mm-hmm. um this terrorist this terror this urban terrorist um he, they're locked away inside a bubble a culture that breeds hate it's just like like you know all terrorists it's like they surround themselves with like-minded people and then day and night day and night are taught to hate us mm-hmm. are taught to are taught to hate people of color are taught to hate um, what this country actually stands for as opposed to what their view of ownership is. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's it's this distortion that is constantly fed into their brains up until the point that they s- step out of their house and they go do something uh, unheroic, disgusting, and vile to mm. other people. Like the two people that... The, the two women that were harassed and unfortunately the two men that gave their lives to, to defend the, the liberty and the right to live mm-hmm. of these two women, you know? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, and I Absolutely. feel like that's, it's just, you know, it's, it's just this, this constant breeding of hatred and the fact that like our, uh, the, the thing that is, I feel like isn't lost on me and I know you're probably going to relate to it is that the fact that like we have a president now, president number 45, that uh, I feel like ever since he took office, it's been like now they're, Now that these people have feel like, you know, oh, the cage is unlocked. Mm-hmm. Oh, we can roam free of the asylum, you know? Yeah. Uh, so I feel like that's the uh, that's the effect it's having on our country now. So Well, that, that element of this country has definitely been emboldened by... Uh, president number 45 however i i agree with like 99 of what you just said uh, the only thing is um 
You mentioned something about this country standing for a particular thing. And though, in theory, um, I understand what you're saying, what a lot of other people are saying. Uh, with the events of recent months and really recent years and seeing more and more oh, how this country reacts to, quote unquote, the other or people of color or anything that is just not hegemonic whiteness, it, it's got me to thinking that the ideals of this country um, are actually not in favor of uh, of a great portion of this country. And I, what I'm trying to say specifically is, is that this country was founded for the benefit of white men. And though over the years we've had amendments, we've had different movements that have certainly brought progress and a higher quality of life to people of color, to women, to the LGBTQ community and, and many, many other groups. Um, at its core, it's still, it's still a institution that was founded on benefiting white men at any cost. You know, it's not like cisgender white men, right? It's cisgendered white men at, at any cost. And it's, and though we though we've ad, though we've added to the narrative, um, to still have that at its core is a serious problem. Like it 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 needs to be addressed. And personally, it, this country is going to have to go through something unforeseen up to this point. And I, I know that's that may sound like a, a very loaded word, but that's not what I mean. You don't mean, I mean in, you don't mean in terms of like violent uprising. Yeah, you that's it, in, that's think, not what I mean. It's something that might happen, but what I really mean is that concept-wise, like this country was formed a certain way, it ha it has come this distance and this is where we are now. And in order to go forward, I feel like something fundamentally has to change in this country. Like we hear a lot of slogans about America being number 1. It's not about America being great, it's done great things, but it's but but in in its essence, it's not great. I feel like ultimately, what we need to do is look at its core. We need to change something. There's something about America that needs to be rewritten in its DNA, so that it so that it is expressed outward. It's some like some sort of social um, socio political gene therapy in order for it to reverberate. It's not going to undo the past, but the way we go forward now will will be written in the fabric of the country as opposed to having this constant reminder that America, to quote, it was either Condoleezza Rice or Michelle Obama, that this country was born with a birth defect. No, I, I couldn't agree more with you. Uh, although I will I will say this. Um, uh, this country is like you say that it's not great. I think I think the thing is that it's it's not that it's not great. I think it has the potential to be great. Oh, absolutely! It has the potential for greatness, mm -hmm. and it always has. You know, it's always it's all it always feels like it's on. Uh, this country is like the grand experiment, right? Mm -hmm. Um, it's always on the cusp of greatness, and then every time we make like small strides to you know um to try to right the ship mm 
mm-hmm. so to speak. Um, there are there's a backlash by people who are afraid that the ship is going to crash into the rocks of liberalism. You know, hmm. to, to use a lot of I'm, wow, a lot of metaphors there. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but you know what I mean. Uh, it's like you know, conservatives are just afraid that. And that's why I feel like I have a little bit of sympathy towards people who are conservative, people who are centrist or uh, right of center, Um, at least those that are willing to listen, Um, because I feel like not all conservatives are like these are these uh, Bible bashing Trump supporters. I feel like they're confused and they're afraid of what a step in another direction could mean like they're they're you know i i feel like most of middle america it's a different culture out there you know Mm -hmm. um they're stuck in this kind of like you know um this kind of way of life that they're used to and you know if there's any type of change that instills them with a sense of insecurity about their surroundings because they're used to one way of life and for anything to change that it's kind of a little frightening for them it's i I can understand the fear from a very like base human perspective but existing as a citizen in this country and as a, a human being in this world requires one to be more than just a base human being if the changes that you see around you scare you uh, one, you have to ask yourself why, and I think that's, I think that's something that everybody does, no matter where you fall on the political spectrum. But once you get past why, you have to start thinking about um, these changes. Even though they scare me, uh, why do they happen? I mean, life is about change, and then you have to ask the really hard question, like the life that I'm used to living. Is it possible, even though? I've never experienced it myself that this quality of life, this way of life is maybe oppressing others, is hurting others. This comfort zone that I'm in, it has to come from somewhere. It's provi- It's not just provided off of the sweat of my brow. I mean, we, we all have to get into our heads that all everything that we're surrounded by, all these successes that we uh, feel in our lives, it doesn't just happen in a vacuum, you know, everybody has help along the way. And as a country, we all put something into this pot in order for it to benefit everybody. You know, that's that's just the basis of society. And if you live a certain kind of life, because it's possible to live in this big country and, and live a different reality than somebody else. But then when you finally find that, feel that change happening right underneath your feet, you have to ask yourself, like, why is it happening? Maybe it's for the better, even though it scares me, you know? I mean, uh, no matter no matter who's listening to this, I don't care if you are the most ardent Trump supporter, Hillary supporter, or or Bernie supporter, or whomever on the spectrum you're, you're into, there has to be some point in your life when you experience a really difficult change. I don't care if it's going to school, going into the military, starting a marriage, having a child, those changes are scary. And then when you look back on it, don't you don't you think to yourself, I'm really I'm really glad I went through that, even though it was difficult. And hey, maybe I got a few bumps and scratches along the way, but ultimately I'm the better for it. 
And then when you think about the comfort zones that you've been in, yeah, maybe maybe it feels nice, but it doesn't have the same effect and change on your life as going through those scary times. And I'm not saying that every change is good. You know, this is this is part of what freaks people out. Some changes are bad, you know, but as a country, as thinking human beings who have been speaking up for decades, asking for change and then bringing about this change, you have to think to yourself that like it's 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 something that's necessary, something that needs to happen, especially if the people are asking for it. Yeah. Well, I mean, like, you know, like I, I, I agree with that. I, I agree with that. Um, but that's a lot to ask of people who are who are in middle America and who have developed this kind of this kind of mentality that um, that that any kind of change around them means that uh, it's going to be like dogs and cats living together mass hysteria you know it's only a lot to ask because the faces asking are not white it's true exactly back in the day but then ba- but, let, but let, i'm sorry let me just get this one point across back okay. at, back in the day when um the new deal was written and put on the books you know suddenly people who had no chance in hell of of, of owning a home were received subsidization from the uh, government and were able to mobilize were able to start accruing um financial equity and having something to pass down to their children before the fair housing act you had to have at least 50 percent of whatever the mortgage was as a down payment and and even then you had to have a great job you had to be you had to have a great position and basically convince a bank which was very difficult banks just are not willing to take risks i mean that's how they remain solvent you know Banks were not willing to take that risk even on white people. So the government had to... Well, that's, uh, in terms of the housing crisis, I, I mean, they made some... They turned, they turned the, to some risks, the, 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 and then it blew up in their fucking faces. But the housing crisis is something different from the New Deal. I mean, there's right, right, right. two completely different eras. Right, 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 but, right. Um, but, but back in the day, you know, it's like they... Suddenly the government stepped in just like, look, we will step in. We will guarantee these loans so if the borrower defaults you have the full confidence of the united states treasury behind you and you will not lose out and banks were just like awesome so a lot of people took advantage of it mostly white people were were only led into these programs even though people of color were paying into the tax system so they were contributing to this pool but Barely, barely any people of color were able to take advantage of it because they were systematically shut out of these programs. Now, now when you when you look at that spectrum of events, nobody had a problem with it. They were just like, oh, it's an advantage. It's something that we can all participate in. What, how great is this country? And from that perspective, if you're white, it is great. But when you have this whole other chunk of the country that can't, that is still putting into the pot and not able to participate it's horrible it's basically you're being stolen from to give these other people a great life you know it's it's only fair to let um other people participate so the ultimate point of that is that we're asking a lot of these uh middle americans when it comes down to the change now 
when the change has a white face on it, it's so much easier to digest. And you have to ask yourself, why is that? Why is it a white face makes you more comfortable than than a face of, of any other because color? Because that's 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 all that like these these people are used to. I mean, these people these people live in you know small town America where it's like fucking you know uh where you know their next door neighbors are white their business the business the local business owner is white um you know and and it's like for for there to be a, a minuscule change in that i think it, it 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 frightens them because they're just it's they're just not used to it and i feel like like there i feel like there needs to be some kind of some way to reach them I, I i i feel reticent to say that there needs to be some way to reach them diplomatically uh because i feel like we've been given we've given them over 200 years to do that mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. um but i i mean i i just don't other than like like screaming matches what other way is there around because we saw we saw what happened in like like um we see what happens like basically like every day there's a backlash to change like with especially like just recently with uh i was gonna talk about like the whole lebron james thing Mm -hmm. where i don't know what they scrawled I didn't want to look. I didn't want to see what they scroll. You you can just guess. I mean, uh, yeah, come on. I, I I'm I'm just guessing like lowest common denominator uh-huh, bullshit. Absolutely. Um, but it's like there's a, and I'm not saying this is for all like, uh, conservative or middle Americans or whatever, but it's like there's a, there's a backlash to any kind of, there's a backlash to change. It's like. All of a sudden, we have like a lot of black heroes, you know, mm-hmm. and um, and I think that the moment that happens is like the trolls come out of their caves and like black heroes, you know. Yeah, I can't do my small mind can't deal with this. I have to write the only word I know. Uh-huh. That can describe my stupid feelings, you know? Just like that. Wow, man. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, I know. I feel like I was telepathic <laughs> channeling. You were channeling, like, the ignorance of this country. Be careful. All of a sudden, man. I really want to listen to Kid Rock. <laughs> <laughs> and Ted Nugent. <sighs> don't don't become the Edgar Casey of stupid. <laughs> I don't know who that is. <laughs> the sleeping psychic. I'll tell you about oh, it after okay, the podcast. Right, thank you. <laughs> So yeah, um, wow, that was that was intense. <laughs> yeah, but look, I mean, I gotta say, I give major props to LeBron James for saying saying what every person of color, what every Black American feels. It's like it doesn't matter what position you're in, how much money you have, what influence you you um, exude. It is difficult being black in america it that's just, what he said that's what he said he it was like, just is and anybody and anybody who would who would try to debate that you're you simply have 
no legs in this argument you know it's it's even if you're another black person it's just who yeah i mean i feel like if you got ben carson condy oh. rice and sheriff clark in a room together and you flashed a flashlight into their eyes <laughs> they would just be like get out get out <laughs> i agree with you except for condoleezza rice oh really i think Condo- condoleezza rice is actually she's first of all she's She's a highly, highly educated woman, um, speaks several languages, plays several instruments. And she's made certain comments in the past that have acknowledged that black Americans have a different reality. Now, she knows how to play the game like, to, to use a, a phrase of our uh, current occupier in chief, um, like you wouldn't believe. <sighs> like she knows how to play that game. She has reached the echelons of power, um, attaching herself to George Bush, and you know, just being, just she's she is a brilliant woman. I I have to give her that, even though she you know falls on a part of the political spectrum that I I'm not a fan of. She is a brilliant woman, but she she does acknowledge that there is a difference out there. Okay, um, it doesn't excuse everything that she's yeah I was supported. Just, I, I was actually just gonna say that I was like, ah, that doesn't mean that I want to that I support everything. I mean, like I'll agree that like yeah, she's she's a brilliant woman who is like who's managed to you know um, gain power in like the political spectrum, but at the same time, it's like. Uh, some of the things that she's done, not so good, you know, not so, no, I, I don't agree with her, like her politics, basically. You that know, doesn't mean like that she's not like a brilliant person, you know, Tiger Woods, man, man, could they, he's, he is kind of, kind of, kind of my hero, man. He's like living the rock star life as a golfer (laughs) like porn stars you know fast cars just taking ambien behind the wheel like he's he's me if i was like an 80s tv star (laughs) i think you know i think they've just had it out for that guy i think every um Every black sports hero um, is under a magnifying glass, and the moment you give them a centimeter, um, I don't know. They're gonna run. No, listen. I mean, this guy. Look, I'm not saying I this mean, guy should was, be. He pr- was operating heavy machinery. Like I, I, I would agree with you. He if fell they, asleep like, if, in the car. He, it wasn't even. Oh, really? It he wasn't was, even. He wasn't, dri- he wasn't driving. He wasn't driving. He fell asleep. Oh, in the then car. what the fuck? Fuck. I, I for for the way the way uh, I read the news because I, like. Yeah, you the, thought it, he like ran through an orphanage. Yeah, yeah like, no, was, <laughs> that's the thing. It's like I because I, it's been such a tidal wave of news because it's always like, oh my God, Trump punched his way through a wall and then he <laughs> he ate two small children. And then he, he fucked a bus. And then, um, uh, and then uh, it's been so much of that that mm-hmm. like other news is like, oh, Tiger Woods is on the the cover of both the the New York Post and the Daily News with the same headline on it. Mm-hmm. I forget what the headline was, but fuck both those newspapers. <laughs> Um, yeah, he, he, he took some medication. It might have been mixed with alcohol, but he fell asleep in his car. He wasn't driving. Um, is it the best look? No, it's not. <laughs> but, you know, no. it's, it's, 
it's seriously like, all right, you know, maybe he should go do something about it as opposed. But what they did, they they got the worst mugshot they could get. I think they hire specific photographers who specialize. They got the same guy that photographed Nick Nolte. Oh yeah, that guy. Like, got, wait a minute, is this, uh, <laughs> I thought this was a bar mitzvah. <laughs> It's my Nick Nolte. That's a good Nick Nolte. It Thank sounds you. it sounds like rocks swimming in um, shit. <laughs> <laughs> Mixed with gravel. Yeah. Just drinking three days of worth of milk. Oh, oh <laughs> my god. Oh that's that's a uh, that's a recipe for you. That's like <laughs> it's like one of those Facebook videos where they they shoot the whole recipe from above, and at the end, you hear somebody go like, "Oh, that's so good!" <laughs> like this would just be at the end. It would just be like, "Oh." Robots versus taxes is brought to you by Radio Free Brooklyn. <laughs> Radio Free Brooklyn. Thanks, guys. Thank you. <laughs> but um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my goodness! But um, yeah, the news—the news never—it never stops. But thankfully, neither does the world of pop culture. Oh. there's always there's always that yummy, yummy um, frosting. <laughs> Here come the robots! <laughs> um, <laughs> oh man, so. Uh, so yeah, we're we're gonna mix a little magic here because there was. There's a little taxes in our robots because um, it turns out, you know, uh, the um, the Alamo Draft House in Austin, Texas, was hosting a woman only uh, event for uh, a Wonder Woman screening, mm-hmm. um, which I was like, oh, that's so good. That's really cool. Very cool. And then I was like, uh oh, what's this? What's this? <laughs> This cold shiver rolling up my spine. To quote the Green Goblin, that's my Willem Dafoe. Anyway, um, <laughs> um, that shiver yeah. was male fragility. Yeah. Oh my God, it happened in Texas, and I, yet I heard the male fragility screams all the way in Brooklyn. <laughs> I couldn't believe it. Like the backlash, especially like I, I, I. Kind of have been like taking a break, a little break from Facebook because um, uh, I've seen a lot of uh, unpopular opinions and on Facebook, and I'm very hesitant to defriend people. So uh, not me. I'm really. <laughs> I will defriend somebody in a fucking second, man. So like... I've kind of like exiled myself from Facebook. From but the moment that struck, I went on Facebook, and lo and behold, there were a few of. A few fanboys that I know that were just like, how are they, you know? <laughs> how, why, if men did the popu- the most popular argument in the whole world <laughs> was, if men did this, women would riot in the streets. And I don't think they would because they'd have much better things to do. Yeah. Because they're not as fragile as we are. We had, like, how many, like, uh, almost a hundred, like, more than a hundred years of, like, voting rights? (laughs) Let's give them one, a screening in one theater. Please? Can we do that? Can we just chill? Oh, 
Pump the brick. God damn these motherfuckers, man. It's 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 hilarious. I mean, we we get as men, we've gotten our chance to put out um, many, 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 many comic book movies. A good portion of them, you know, really crappy, and yet we still get to try again, and we get to. We get to love them. We get to hate them. It's basically like it's. Let's be honest. You know, it's been mostly a boys' club for many years when oh. it, when it comes down to the genre, right? I mean, I. Oh, how dare you say that, you social justice warrior! I you fucking snowflake and fucking proud of it. Let me tell you something. <laughs> for you to say, for you to call somebody a social justice warrior like that's an insult. That is so fucking backwards. That's like. Pointing to somebody in the shoes, like, "Hey, you, you're in good shape," and, and expecting to be like, "How dare you?" It's hey, like, "You, you, you look kind of smart." It's uh -huh. like, "How does that feel?" It's like, "Oh, gee, please stop it." But, uh, but back to the subject at hand. Um, when it comes down to the genre, it's only been in like the last, I, I would want to say, 10, 15 years that it's actually started to encompass the other gender. Um, and and it's becoming more inclusive. And I gotta say, the whole the whole spectrum of this uh, world that we love has become better because there's more participation. Totally, I totally one hundred percent agree with you there. Because I just feel like I, I I just feel like there's there's this this hopefulness in the air, like when we get like more women out to comic cons mm -hmm. and coming to movies, more women into superheroes and stuff like that, that it just feels like, oh, wow, this really, it's starting to become like this really cool thing that's taking a different shape. Whereas before it would just be like, you know, you know, uh, just dudes talking about, hey man, you like Spider-Man? I like Spider-Man. <laughs> Let's all jerk off in a circle, you know? I think that's what really chafes them. It's just that because it, before, not that we've completely gotten rid of this but before the, the stigma behind really liking this sort of stuff was so severe it was so severe it was so severe and, and you know you were called all sorts of names and that hasn't completely gone away but it's become this huge industry and i think i i believe that it's because it is now more inclusive because women have a say because it is now it now caters to more kinds of people um and I think it really bothers that core element of, of, of toxic masculinity that's just like, this is ours, and, 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 and we want it to be about us. It's just like, eh. That's what happens with every boy, like, with every, like, because we are a male-dominated society, it feels like every niche or club that we have, we're, there's always going to be core members that have been there from the beginning and they don't like change. Mm. I feel like this whole podcast now has that, that theme. It's like <laughs> people who are afraid of change. Um, but there is this weird conservative streak in the fanboy community where it's like uh, when, you know, when people of color were starting to show up in comic books, you know, mm. um, when, you know, um, uh, what was it? Uh, there was like this backlash against uh, F Falcon taking over the the um, the the, kid, the reign of the basically taking up where Captain America left off. Mm -hmm. 
Um, and I felt like it, it started revealing this really ugly side to the whole comics, the whole pop culture, geek culture community Mm -hmm. that, uh, you know, belongs to 4chan and, uh, (laughs) they're on Reddit and they're just, they're trolling people because they, they're so afraid that people will discover that they have tiny dicks. (laughs) Wow. Wow. No, I'm just, I'm fucking, I'm fucking around, but um, it's just like, they, they're just afraid of this weird um, change in the air. And the, ar- the common argument is like, uh, why don't you develop your own superheroes? It's like, well, you know, it's, hard, it's easy to say that when, you know, um, the people at the type are cisgender white males uh, <laughs> making the decisions over, you know, what characters are going to be in their comic books. Um, and, and here's here's the crazy thing, though. <laughs> we are making up our own superheroes. It's yeah. like when you look at Falcon, he's a dis- he's a distinctly different person from Steve Rogers. And in case you don't know, the um, the title of captain can be bestowed on anybody. <laughs> yeah. And when it comes, and you know, we have Black Panther, we have uh, Miles Morales. Um, just because they take on these names, I-, I think you're forgetting that it's something that uh, these white characters had to come into themselves. Okay. So. In the comics, it's a legacy, right? The it, superhero legacy. It's, it's, it's a passed legacy. passed down. Yeah. And it's, yeah, it, exactly. It's passed down. I mean, you make a good point because if these people who were taking over and and we've seen this in the past who've taken over these mantles of these big superheroes who have been different characters but still white you don't hear the sort of backlash i mean you do you you've heard the fanboy arguments of like who was better this this silver surfer or the other silver surfer blah 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 blah, blah. or dick grayson batman versus bruce wayne batman exactly you know it's it's uh it's it's one of those arguments, but it never had the ugliness that we see now, you know. Yeah. And, and and I think it's very telling of where these feelings are coming from. Yeah, but with the Wonder Woman screening, it's like you know, uh, it, it it takes on this the it, it reveals the misogynistic underbelly, or should I say overbelly? Because it's always <laughs> we've always. We've always been able to see that uh, over under the uh, the Star Wars shirts. Oh God, you're really going in on some. <laughs> like you got little dicks and big bellies. Buzz, <laughs> like just just tell them they have acne already. Yeah. And... Well, I mean, you know. And they've never kissed a girl. Like it's like we. You know. I I know I know I'm I'm I, I know I'm generalizing and I kind of like that's kind of sucky, but at the same time, it's like. You know, th- these these opinions are not coming from the brightest of our community, you yeah, know. That's um, true. That's true. Where, like, they're just like, these are the kinds of people who are just like, who, uh, if a woman in a con asks about a certain superhero, they scoff and then they ridicule her and then they develop a meme. You know, those memes yeah. where they're just like, you know, there's a girl playing video games. She's like... I like Batman when he's when his name was Clark Kent or whatever. Oh. It's like it's that mentality where they're just like they they kind of they they flick away the potential to like like be like 
hey, be friendly and talk about superheroes and like, you know, develop a conversation as opposed to like uh, being all like angsty and like forever being in arrested development and flicking mm -hmm. away a person who could, you know, who could really develop a really awesome liking towards comics or well, like geeky shit. I, I feel like that's been the case with like with women in terms of like uh, everything pop culture, whether it be like uh, girls who want to start rock and roll bands or like, you know, uh, any, any woman who wants to step into the role of like a male dominated uh, culture, mm -hmm. like like geek culture and stuff like that. It's hard for them because there's going to be a huge backlash of like this male fragility that can't that can't bear the weight of women having their own screening to a movie. It's a movie, guys. It's, it's a, a movie. It's a movie. And you know what? People are allowed to have, uh, especially people who have been excluded uh, for a long time from the genre, are allowed to get together and sort of celebrate. You know, this is it's kind of a milestone. Like, it's the first Wonder Woman movie. Like, it's a major production. Like, let this community, instead of just seeing it as, you know, oh, women keeping us out, this is a community who is able to get together and enjoy this. You know, instead of focusing on that, these are, I, I bet these screenings make up like less than 2% of all the screenings uh, that are happening in the country. But even if they made up 50%, one that would be amazing <laughs> right that that, right. that that'd essentially mean that every single woman in the in the country was going out to see it but um but even if that were the case there's still plenty of other screenings that you could go to that uh will be mixed that you'll probably be in a theater with mostly men who knows whatever whatever floats your boat but uh it doesn't actually take anything away from you okay so if you're going to get riled up over this like do it because there's a genuine problem just because there's this little place that you can't go that ultimately doesn't affect your life in any single way no at all yes yes like just oh you nailed it yes like, just get just get over it guys yes <laughs> i yes you you nailed it it's just like if uh, i feel like if this screening were to have happened in secret and then people found out about it two weeks later like how would that have affected your uh, like a man's life like if i would have found out i would have been like oh that would that's cool yeah that's woman's a... only screen that's cool yeah it, like and i would have gone on going to work you know, <laughs> earning my paycheck and going to see wonder woman tonight exactly uh, so exactly. Uh, which we will be going we, to which, do yeah we will be going and we'll be talking about that next, next week next because podcast. yeah next podcast because you know what fuck alien covenant <laughs> <laughs> yeah we just i gave up we i totally we just never that. <laughs> fuck that movie <laughs> i i think um when uh pablo channeled uh ridley scott uh, into <laughs> into our into our presence i think we both just felt uh, the disgust from his um his perspective uh, with prior projects and just decided eh, we can wait for this one to hit you know blu-ray dvd or any other various channels for which you can um view this movie um 
so yeah and i and i find myself leaning that way more and more in terms of um having a little more consciousness in terms of who's making these films am i going to support it um because of the stances that the creators have taken um that list is growing and growing more and more from ghost in the shell to transformers to alien covenant like and I'll why, be, why transform? Oh, because never mind. Just, I'm like, Mike, duh. Michael Bay. What do I, I need? To, do I need to say anything more? Like, what the two minstrel bots didn't oh, do? Oh gosh, I want to kill myself. <laughs> oh jeez. Oh, but anyway. Yeah. Um. So yeah, that this consciousness when it comes down to uh, the creators of these projects and um and this media, um, I know for me and probably for you as well are taking more and more of a role in terms of who I'm going to support, who I'm not. It scares me a little bit because sometimes there are projects that I get really excited for. And then when I go into the details about who's involved, what's involved, um, now I have to bring my conscience into this. And it's like, uh, I can't in good faith go see this production um, and hand over my hard-earned uh, money. Um because I, I would just feel, I don't know, a little dirty inside or whatever. But, um, but again, you know, it's, it's the minefield that, uh, that we have to navigate. But just, just touching again slightly back on the, uh, the, the Wonder Woman topic, I got to say, um, besides the initial props that we gave to Alamo Drafthouse for just having these women-only screenings, today, <laughs> Alamo Drafthouse put out oh, yeah, a response. Put out a response. Yeah, you sent that to me, and I was like, "That oh, is fucking dope." They said, "I'll I'll go over, I'll make a brief synopsis, but we'll definitely post this to um, the Robots versus Taxes Facebook page as well as maybe the Instagram and the Twitter." But um, and you can also Google it. But Alamo Drive House essentially apologized to the public, mostly the fanboys, for bringing about the apocalypse of men, and the way that they phrased this this article it was it's so over the top and so and so well done it, it just it just makes you howl with laughter if you get it if you're one of those fanboys who who really is perturbed that there are women only screenings then you may not like it as much in which case i doubly encourage you to read that because it might it might bring to light the the absurdity of the outrage it might just a little bit it might not it might not and it's on it's on medium.com let's just add add that uh that little bit (laughs) Uh, it's it's an it's a really funny noteworthy article that i was like you know what it reminds it reminded me a little bit of like that whole um jonathan swift eat your children um (laughs) that 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 thing that was published a long time ago um so uh I, I i definitely think that people should just check it out just because it's you'll get a really big kick out of it it's so good it's so and it's so well done it's oh, it just brings it all to light it brings it all to light and makes me for some reason makes me super excited uh to go see wonder woman tonight and honestly i, I really like wonder woman as a character i really liked her because like in the in the she had her own movie, like a, her own animated movie, which I thought mm-hmm. was really good. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I thought she was great on the Justice League and Justice League Unlimited uh, TV show. Oh, yes. Um, oh, yes. 
and she was like she was almost the wolverine character <laughs> which i always thought was really cool it was like that's really awesome and then you know uh when i heard the movie was coming out i was like oh yeah yeah, yeah. could be could be bad <laughs> this could go the way of fucking suicide squad oh suicide squad uh, getting into those comics and some of those movies whew, you know <laughs> yeah no i know man of man of steel oh man and batman versus superman first of all man of steel was good i don't give a fuck <laughs> what you said okay i was referring more to like superman returns or oh superman returns was weird or with him just stalking lois lane or superman 6 the quest for red bull i don't know what it, it, it was which one was that? The one where he fought Nuclear Man? Wasn't that? Yeah. Wasn't that, that Superman 3 with Richard Pryor? Was that 3? Or was think. that? No, that was 4. Was that 4? Whichever one the quest it, for peace was. It, it was it was number 4 where he decided he was going to rid the world of all their nuclear weapons yeah. and that's when Nuclear Man was created and the worst line that I I mean that movie was full of horrible lines but the worst line was from Nuclear Man. And he had he said he some, said some I don't even he remember said, him he said dialogue. Some, oh, he barely had dialogue, but he said he had like two lines, and one of them was he was just like he was telling Superman to get back, or he will hurt people. Oh, that's and he right. said it just like that. <laughs> and I don't even think Christopher Reeves' heart was even in it because there was one point when like Nuclear Man was about to throw like a bus at a crowd or something like that and Christopher Lee's land and he's like half laughing and he's like no don't do it the people <laughs> and I'm like why is he smiling like we gotta we gotta look up that clip I, if I find that clip I'm gonna put it up on the okay cool, cool on cool. the uh, on Facebook the, page the because Facebook page. it's okay. hilarious but um but yeah but I feel like he's finally starting to hit his stride uh yeah not not so much with Batman versus Superman though there were moments but um, but I have faith. I have faith. Okay. All right. Well, hopefully the faith will be re- reignited with the Wonder Woman screening that we check out tonight. Can you tell how excited we are for this we movie? Are fucking psyched. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I think that's a good place for us to cap it. Absolutely. Absolutely. Right. I'm Ernesto Mancibo. I am Pablo Morales Martinez. And we are Robots, Robots versus, versus Taxes on Radio Free Brooklyn. And thank you guys so much for joining us again. Yeah, you have yourself a nice day. Song of the Week. Algo en tu cara me fascina. Algo en tu cara me da vida. Será tu sonrisa. Será tu sonrisa. Algo en tu cara me fascina. Algo en tu cara me da vida. Será tu sonrisa, será tu sonrisa Pequena, échate para acá Algo en tu cara me fascina, algo en tu cara me da vida Será tu sonrisa, será tu sonrisa Algo en tu cara me fascina, algo en tu cara me da vida Será tu sonrisa
Sonríe 